This is the Productized Podcast. My name is Brian Castle. Thanks for tuning in. Well, you know this guy. It's Andrew Warner. Had a great conversation with Andrew this time around, and we're talking about something that maybe you're not so familiar with that Andrew's been up to. It's called Bot Academy. You probably expect me to say Mixergy, right? Well, of course, that's going strong several years in, but we talked all about Andrew's new thing called Bot Academy. And, uh, you know, it's kind of in the early stages. We got the backstory of where it came from. I mean, when I heard Andrew talking about it, it kind of came out of left field for me. But yeah, it really started to make sense when he explained it, how he got his first early customers, how he's getting through the launch process, and also the process for delivering the service. It's kind of like a training slash service kind of deal. It's really, really interesting. All about Facebook Messenger bots. Um, which is kind of like a cutting-edge marketing tool, which, frankly, I probably need to learn more about myself. Well, without further ado, here's my conversation with Andrew Warner of Mixergy and Bot Academy. Enjoy. Hey, so I'm here with Andrew Warner. You guys probably know this guy, and uh, you know all about his business, Mixergy, but I'm not here to talk about Mixergy. I'm here to talk to Andrew about Bot Academy. Like, where did this thing even come from? I want to get the whole story because all of a sudden I heard Andrew talking about bots and this new thing called Bot Academy this year, and it kind of came out of nowhere. So Andrew, welcome. I'm, I'm excited to get the story. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Cool. So, you know, let's just dive right into it. Tell me about Bot Academy, botacademy.com. What is it right now? Well, about a year ago, I realized that we were having this issue. We were working to improve our emails a lot, like spending hours going back and forth on subject lines, spending hours going back and forth on one email. And I loved it. But I realized also that it wasn't going to improve our open rates. I mean, it wasn't going to dramatically improve our open rates. We weren't going to go from 20 to 40% open rates consistently. I mean, I even flew out to Arizona to work with funnel experts who really redid our whole funnel. What the first thing you get when you sign up, the second thing and so on. And we're talking about Mixergy, like your funnel. For Mixergy, yeah, right. I do interviews, but we also have this thing called Mixergy Premium that we were trying to promote. And so I want more people to listen to my interviews, more people to sign up and pay for Mixergy Premium. I'm working on email because that's the best thing I have, frankly. And still, no matter what I do, I can't get dramatic increases. And frankly, if you don't get dramatic increases, you're pretty much flat. And so I thought, what do I do? What's like the next thing that's going to be the big, the big jump for us? It's not going to be improving our funnel. It's not going to be improving our subject lines and spending hours on it. And then I realized, you know what? I invested in this company called Assist. And Shane Mack, the founder, just kept telling me about Chad and Chad apps. And this is a guy who lives the Silicon Valley life. Like he is in with like Twitter's offices, talking to their people. He's talking to Facebook. He's in at Google. He's the kind of guy who everyone loves so much that all the investors are hanging out with him. All the people at these big companies are hanging out with him. And so of course he constantly tells me about new technology and I usually don't care because I'm running a business. I'm not a 12 year old kid trying to figure out what's the newest place to chat with 12 other kids or 12 other people. But Shane, I knew he was going to do something and he started building these chatbots. And at first I was kind of interested. And then Mark Zuckerberg on stage looked at one of his chatbots and said, I love this. And I said, huh, maybe this is the future. And Shane then also showed me this stat and he said, look, people are spending more time in chat apps than they are in email. I said, of course, my wife and I aren't emailing each other at all anymore. The people who work with me at Mixergy aren't emailing me anymore. We're texting each other. If there's something that's like not pressing, can wait, we'll email it to each other. But for the most part, 
I noticed that we're using chat apps like Slack, like Facebook Messenger, like frankly, even the chat in project management software. That's what we're using to communicate with each other. So maybe that's the future. And what Shane was doing was building tools that allow companies to reach their clients using chat apps. I said, maybe that's our future. So I started building one for Mixergy. It was just an experimental bot. I said to the audience of 70 plus thousand people, who wants to experiment with me on this thing? And a handful of people did. And dude, Brian, the open rates were over 80%. The click rates on messages I sent by chat were over 50%. But that's just stats. I remember driving to Napa to get away from the office, to get away from stuff for the day, and two different people called me as I was trying to get away from it, saying, how did you do that? I love how you did it. Just show me right now. And they were friends, so I showed them how to do it. What is it that you would send through a chatbot in that sort of situation to an audience of 70,000 plus? Is it automated or are you just writing like a single broadcast message? Or It's all automated. It's all set up on a sequence. So one of the things that we did was we experimented with I said, look, I have over a thousand interviews, over a hundred courses on Mixergy. It's hard for someone to find the right one and to know what to get out of each one of those interviews and courses. So I said, let's experiment. Let's create one that's just focused on sales, specifically sales for people who have online businesses. And so I said, you sign up to this bot, this bot will train you on how to do sales. And what I did was when you signed up, you'd get a little lesson that came out of one of my interviews. And so you'd get to get the lesson in small little text bubbles. You can respond to each bubble by pressing these buttons in your chat app. Basically, it was teaching you in small bite-sized messages. And because no one else was reaching my audience using Facebook Messenger, my messages were getting attention. Because I wasn't flooding you with a big email or flooding you with an hour-long conversation but dripping a little at a time, you are much more engaged with it. And then the people who wanted the full lessons could then go and download the interviews that each one came from. And from what I understand, and I've only kind of scratched the surface on chatbot. So it is much more interactive. So you can send a message and ask for a reply, say yes or no. And if they say yes, reply with something else and that sort of thing. Yep. Very cool. And are, are we talking specifically about Facebook Messenger or is it more broad than that? Other types of chat tools? At this point, it's mostly Facebook Messenger. I think there are two platforms that are really good for chat apps. One is Slack for business. The other is Facebook Messenger for everything else. The problem with the other platforms, like you and I are talking on Skype, Skype allows you to have bots. And I can actually install a bot. You just kind of start a conversation with a bot. And I could do things like get news via Skype from a bot, which will deliver the news every day, or book tickets directly in Skype. The problem with Skype is nobody knows about bots. And Skype isn't promoting bots in it. The problem with other platforms is they're too small. And so Slack for business, it's actually used. People are actually installing bots on there and Facebook Messenger for everyone else because Facebook is promoting bots and because 1.2 billion people every month are on Facebook Messenger chatting. Right. And so basically the opt-in, whereas it used to be a form on your website where they enter their email address so we can send you emails. Now it's a, I guess it's kind of a code that you put in. It's a button that they click, connects to their Facebook account, and now they're kind of subscribed to your Facebook Messenger. Yeah, and that's another thing. Look at how beautiful the subscription process is. Right now, if I want to subscribe to your email newsletter, I have to give you my email address. And that's a kind of a process. It's a, such a pain in the butt to type in my email address. I have a shortcut on my computer, but I don't think most people do because I hate typing my email address in all over and over again, right? So it's kind of a pain in the butt. You hope that someone's not giving you a fake email address. You hope that they don't have a typo and then they submit their information and you hope they've given you the right email address. I mean, their best email address, not their third one, which a lot of us use. With uh, chat, it's so much simpler. Somebody comes to my site and I say, do you want to learn this thing via Facebook Messenger? They just press one button. 
That's it. They don't have to type in their Facebook name. They don't have to type in their email address, nothing. And as soon as they press the button, my chat bot can start talking to them in Facebook Messenger. It's such a magical experience that right there, people are amazed. And I get their name. Facebook gives me their real name. I don't have to worry about someone giving me a fake name. Yeah, and like with one click, all that information, their name, emails, attached and passed along with it. Um, So what are you doing with this stuff now? Like with Bot Academy, I understand there's a course. Like tell me about like what's kind of offering there. Here's the evolution of it. The first thing I did was I just played with it with my audience because I always like to play with new stuff with my audience. I believe that these are people who are entrepreneurs who care about the latest software. They want to know where the world is going before it gets there. And so they're a fun group of people to play with with this new technology. Then a handful of them wanted to learn it. So I started teaching it to them for free. And I said, you know what? Maybe they don't even care. Maybe they're just doing it because they want to hang out. Maybe because they're just kind of curious. What do you mean you were teaching them? Like, Did you have them on a webinar or I would do it like on the drive to Napa where I spent half my drive talking to one person about how he could set up a bot and the other half talking to another one. I then said, you know what? I can't do it on my drives. I'll just, I know these people. I'll just schedule a Zoom conversation where they could do a screen share with me and hear my voice and we'll just build a bot for them in 45 minutes. And we built a bot in 45 minutes and people were amazed. I said, you know what? Maybe it's just kind of a nice to have thing. But one of the lessons I learned for Mixergy is if you really want to know if people care about it, sell it. So I just put a price. $350. And people started paying $350 to spend 45 minutes with me building their chat bot. And by the end of the 45 minutes, which often would turn into an hour, they ended up with a bot and they were freaking excited about it. And that was an eye opener for me. Now, there are a bunch of people who might be listening to us now who paid me $350 to do a Zoom session and create a bot. If they went back and looked at their credit card statements, they'd see that they just weren't charged. I didn't care to actually get the money from them. I'm not selling my time for $350 an hour. I put all the data into a form and it just sat there and got deleted. So uh, it didn't even sit there, it just got deleted. I didn't charge it. I just wanted to validate. Do they really even care or are they just trying out new technology because it's fun? (laughs) You know, I've heard different variations on the whole validation and asking for the pre-selling method and actually selling it and and everything. I haven't heard that variation where you tell the person that they're buying it and they think that they're actually buying it and they're not actually charged. That's interesting. A lot of them were my friends. I also, frankly, was just moving so fast that I didn't want to waste time on setting it up properly. I probably should have actually charged them. But you know what? The more important lesson for me was actually that they were looking to pay and that it was worth something to them. And then another lesson that came to me from having these one-on-one conversations, I would follow up with them a couple of weeks later and say, so let me see how your bot's doing. Because remember, they now had the ability to get new subscribers. They knew how to send out messages and they actually started sending out messages or uh, queuing them up in their sequences. So when someone subscribed, they get one message on day one, another message on day two, another message on day three. They had the whole thing. I'd say, so how are you doing with it? I said, well, I didn't get a chance to do anything with it. I said, why? Well, I've had this issue with my employee or I've had this issue with the Facebook ads that we're doing. We really want to grow that. Or my email marketing is taking up a lot of my attention. I'll get to it soon. And they never actually did anything. And I realized something that if I'm going to put this in the hands of marketers, marketers are pretty freaking busy. And so I can't just set them up with one more thing that they have to go and figure out on their own. And that's when I tried another approach. I said, I'm only going to teach this to people who will go and build it for other clients. And I specifically looked for those people, people who had businesses where they were setting up websites. Believe it or not, there are people still setting up websites for clients. You know, you're, you're nodding, right? People who are setting up email marketing campaigns for their clients, people who are just good at getting clients and they wanted something new to sell to them. And I taught it to them. And now suddenly they not only had clients who were paying them to set up bots for them, but these bots were up and running. 
because if they were getting paid to build a bot, they have to do it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I see that sort of thing a lot, especially whether they're design firms, development agencies, they're looking for other things like this to upsell their clients and give them something more, maybe even turn it into a recurring revenue. People from agencies come to audience ops with that sort of mentality, but like this is something else that we could offer. So that's really cool. So I'm definitely going to dive into why is Andrew Warner launching this new business? I'm going to get really into all that. Before I do, I, I still want to get an understanding of what's actually happening on botacademy.com. So you had those early kind of manual training sessions with folks. Where did it go from there? Did it develop into a course? Um, it was one-on-one with me. Then it became this course with a lot of uh, personalized attention. And then it became confusing because people kept saying, well, why is Mixergy doing this bot thing? And I had to spend a lot of time trying to explain why Mixergy is doing this bot thing. And I realized, you know what? It's easy enough to get a new domain. Just put it on a new domain and have it run as a separate thing, and it'll add a lot of clarity, and it really did. Now, suddenly, when someone was joining a free Facebook group to learn about bots from Bot Academy, they didn't have to ask, what's this Mixergy thing, and why is Mixergy doing it, and do I have to subscribe in order to be a part of it? They could just join, and as of this morning, it's like 5,000 people joined the Facebook group to work together on bots. If somebody signed up for a course, they could do it. And then another thing is, A lot of people just didn't want to learn how to do it. They just wanted to hire a company to do it for them, hire a person to do it for them, hire someone. And so it's much easier for them to come to Bot Academy and say, we'll pay for one of your students to build it for us than to come to Mixergy, understand that I taught this thing and that some of our graduates are available for hire. Got it. So as of today, and we're recording this right in the middle of midway through 2017. So it's kind of an automated self-serve course. And then do you have a directory of consultants now through there? Or is that where it's going? It's not so automated. It's so hands-on that it's exhausting, but it's worth it. Uh, so we do create videos because I'm reaching people who are non-technical intentionally. Anyone who wanted to go code up their own bot, I just redirected them to a place where they could go develop it themselves. But I think you don't have to. You could use a platform to create your own bot. In fact, I invested in another one. I got so excited about it. I invested in a company called ManyChat. I said, look, I like the way you guys are doing this. You're basically doing the Infusionsoft or MailChimp or Drip or ConvertKit of chat. I've been using you. I've been recommending you. I invested in the company. So you don't have to code it yourself. You just use off-the-shelf software. But you do need someone to tell you, here's how you should write each message. Here's how you should set up the sequence. So I teach it. I'm a pretty freaking fast talking person. I get a lot of complaints from people that I talk to fast. So I recorded the videos for each section of this training and let people download it so they could pause it. They could actually slow down my speech so that they could go at their own pace. But the idea is they see me do it. They go do it. They see me do the next step. They go do the next step and so on. And then we get together on the phone every week to go over this. We have office hours for one-on-one time, et cetera. And then once they're done, When someone wants to hire us to build a bot, we refer them to one of our grads. Okay, so currently it is still uh, pretty hands-on. Like You are actually involved in the week-to-week, day-to-day training of these folks. I'm about to do 38 hours of one-on-one sessions with students to give you a sense of how involved I am, yeah. Interesting. What's the plan from here? Like, Is it to go more automated, more... I don't know. Um... I think we've definitely automated a lot of it. One of the things that was important to me was to know when someone was like not following up and doing one of the modules. And so in the beginning, we would manually get alerts when someone didn't do one of the steps. Like one of the steps is to go and grow your subscribers. If someone didn't take action there, I wanted to have a personal alert and then a personal email that went out from me or the co-leader, Tam Pham, who's working with me on this. 
And then that became really hard to scale. So we created a system that would automatically find the people who weren't doing it and then ping them. And there are lots of little things like that that we've started to automate. I think that there's still a lot of tech support that's involved in this, a lot of personalized guidance. I don't know exactly how we're going to do that. Maybe it's just hiring more people to come in and help. Okay, so the big question on my mind, probably everybody's mind, what led you to decide that this is actually a new business to start? Instead of focusing on Mixergy, doubling down, maybe using Bot to market Mixergy, but like, why build something like Bot Academy at this point for you? The results are so big. The excitement was so big. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't say, hey, look, guys, this is it. You learn this. Now go and figure it out on your own. Frankly, there was no one doing it. And I also think that the direction that bots were going in was wrong. So I really like another company called ChatFuel. They created the majority of bots on Facebook Messenger. Their software is so popular. But I had the founder on Mixergy, and I congratulated him for getting so far. But I also said, look, I never take strong positions here. But having been in chatbots for a long time, I have to tell you, I think you're making a mistake. You're creating bots where your software is enabling bots where people have to come to Facebook Messenger, subscribe to those bots, which no one's going to know to do. And second, they have to remember to keep coming back to the bots. It's not the way the world's working right now. Instead, what you have to do is do what's what I believe in, which is create a subscription-based process where someone subscribes for free and then the bot messages them proactively on a regular basis with content that they actually want. And I think that me beating the drum on that has helped shape the way that people are thinking about it. So that's a big part of it. The other thing is that because I'm here in San Francisco, I get to see all these guys who've raised money, all these people who are putting attention into it, and I get to see where this is going. And I think it's important to pass that on to bot creators. And frankly, because I'm reaching now people who are creating this for their clients, these guys are courting me. They're courting Bot Academy. They want more people to use their platforms to create bots for their clients because it grows the whole ecosystem and it grows their businesses. So the short answer is it's just moving so fast. It's such an exciting space to be. I couldn't not do something here. I think I want to push on that answer a little bit. <laughs> yeah, do it. Because I get the opportunity. It totally makes sense. I'm wondering why... Now for you, when Mixergy has become such a well-known and strong brand and you have customers on that, you're selling plenty of advertising and everything. So more than ever. Yeah. Podcasting's really taken off. Yes. Yeah. And is this shiny object syndrome? I mean, I know I certainly <laughs> suffer from that year after year, you know, something comes up, maybe I should shift my focus here and that starts to stagnate over there. Any thoughts like that going on in, in your head this year right now? I don't think I'm a shiny object person. I mean, I've been doing these interviews since 2008. And so I'm really consistent. I've been running since uh, 2011, right? No, uh, 2001, 2000, right? So I'm a really consistent person. If anything, my problem is that I don't reach out too far and just do some things that are a little bit out there and wacky. So I don't think that's it. If you're looking for a psychological reason for it, I guess one of the challenges with Mixergy is that it does depend a lot on me and I'm excited about having something that won't in the long run have to depend on me. I think if you want a bot a year from now, you're going to be able to just hire someone from our network and not even know that Andrew's at all associated with it. I think I can teach this really well now, but if you're going to want to learn how to do this, it could be very well taught by someone else a year from now, much better than me. I think that this is that that's a big draw of it, especially now that I have kids that I can work like crazy. I can run like crazy. I have tons of energy. But what I found, for example, last week was 
my kid was in between schools. He just turned three. The school that he was in up until the time he was three said, okay, now it's time for you to graduate. So he graduated two weeks ago. And the school that he was going to this week said, well, you're not, we're not starting our classes yet. So you're not ready to come in. So he had a whole week where he wasn't in school. And yeah, I could have hired someone. I've got lots of services and lots of people I can call on. But I said, this is an opportunity for me to spend time with him. I want to be able to do that without stress. I want to know that, you know what, if I do that, Mixergy isn't going to be suffering or the business is, is going to continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Interesting. So do you see Bot Academy now as more of a side project or like a temporary path that you're going down? Or do you see this actually evolving for you as like the next big thing? I mean, in, in your business or your focus over the next year, two years, three years? I think I could do both. I think Mixergy is systemized to the point where earlier today, I had no idea I was going to talk to some guy who sells cups. Cups. That's so far removed from the software companies that I've interviewed for a long time. But it turns out there's a whole new crop of entrepreneurs who are now creating products in China or having them created for them, selling them on Amazon, and then moving beyond Amazon to their Shopify stores, resellers, et cetera. And just like software became easier to create and spread and sell online about 10 years ago, I feel like the same thing's happening to hardware. This little hardware physical product revolution is happening. I interviewed the founder. I didn't know Jack about him before I talked to him. But 10 minutes before, my system was so set up that Andrea hooked me up with a Google Doc so that I wouldn't have to go into Google Drive and search for the doc. On my calendar was not just his name and his contact information, but another link to the Google Doc. So all I have to do is click that link. The Google Doc opens up on my screen. I have tons of research on him, and I know exactly what I'm going to be talking to him about in 10 minutes. That's a system that you can't beat. And if for some reason I forget to upload it to the system, my video files are automatically uploaded to a folder where my assistant can see everything, including this conversation, and then move it to the editor and so on and so forth. So the system at Mixergy is really, really well dialed in. Yeah, we keep experimenting with ad buys, which don't work that well for podcasts podcasting and other growth tools. Yes, we keep trying to get new interviewees on here and we keep looking for new ways to do that. But the process is there. And so I can focus on something else and know that this is not going to collapse. Yeah. I mean, I could certainly see with Mixergy how systematized it's become. I mean, I've been interviewed. I've gone through that process before and just hearing you talk about it, I could totally see that. I mean, I've been trying to learn from you on that, like doing this interview with you I know you and I've known your story. So this is a pretty easy one for me. But the other interviews I've been doing are with total strangers, people I don't know their story. And I'm trying to get better at having some sort of system where I don't need to spend a week researching someone, you know, before I interview them and and still come out with an interesting episode to listen to. So I guess I'm wondering, as you're now splitting your time between Bot Academy, you just said 38 hours of training. Uh, Was that in a week you're doing that? I think it's going to be in about a week, maybe over two weeks. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of splitting your time and like day-to-day workflows, how are you handling that? Like, what does your week look like? When are you doing Mixergy interviews? How much other time are you putting into Mixergy aside from actually being on the recordings? I'm glad that you're asking about this because I'm really struggling with this right now. I'm a very systemized person right down to like my running clothes, right down to now I've been cycling in the backyard using this uh, bike trainer. I can't leave my bike out there. I can't leave the trainer out there. I know exactly the routine for bringing my bike up from the basement and bringing up the trainer and not wasting a second in that process of setting it up. But Bot Academy has been really unsystemized and I'm worried that we've made mistakes because of it. So one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to go with Tam and maybe one other person on the team and just spend four days in an inspiring spot. We still haven't found it. 
just whiteboarding the whole thing. Here's what we take in and here's what we want to put out. We want to take in people who are non-technical oriented, who are interested in a little part-time work at first and ideally to build up a whole agency with this based on bots. And at the end, we want to create bots for customers, for their customers. What are all the steps involved in that? How do we systemize it so that it's not just a checklist, but a process that will actually keep pulling us forward? What I found is that checklists don't get checked enough. Even if you mandate that checklists are checked, it's not enough. But if you have a process that has a checklist built in, you're more likely to get it done. So how do we create that? And how do we also make it self-improving? And maybe combine a coaching aspect where they get a check-in from a bot expert from your team, something like that. Yeah. I guess I'm also, just to jump around a little bit here, tell me about the team. Like, Who else is involved in Bot Academy? And is it part of your Mixergy business team or is it completely separate? It's part of the team, but there are people who definitely do this exclusively. So the person who's on full-time with me is Tam Pham, who co-leads the course. He's a person who started out doing something else, running community, but he got so into these bots. He saw the opportunity, he saw the possibility, and he just kept cranking them out, really created fantastic chat bots and chat experiences. I shouldn't even call them bots what he was creating. And he enjoyed working with the community and helping them evolve and get better at creating bots. And so he's full-time with this and he's obsessed on it. Um, there's also someone named Rachel Kirsten who helps me launch new things. She's a project management, I guess, is the best way I can. I, I, I don't even know what her official thing is, but she's just so good at creating stuff and order from scratch. And I kind of met her at this event in Vegas. We started a conversation. I said, I wish you could even come to San Francisco so we could talk. And she said, you know what, Andrew, we're making it happen, people. So how do we make it happen? So I said, tell you what. My wife and I have an extra bedroom here in the heart of San Francisco. Come fly out here. Stay with us for, I forget how many days. We'll just chat. We'll see where it goes. And so she came over for dinner. She stayed at our place. We went for long walks. We talked about business and we got to know each other. And then when I was looking to launch something, I said, can you help me do this? And she systemized the whole thing. She got us on project management software. She figured out how we should be messaging things. She helped me find writers and uh, and people to help out. And then she also has a team that she brings in that helps. And then beyond that, we have other people on the team here at Mixergy that are working on this. I, I don't want to like now leave people out. So Ari started out just doing some customer service work. She's been working on Infusionsoft and really automating our marketing. Joe still sticks with editing videos, but he's been contributing help to videos on Bot Academy. So Joe edits all our interviews on Mixergy. Uh, Andrea, many people who email me will know she's the one who responds to customer service email. She's also my assistant for other stuff. So there's a good team of people. Oh, and a bunch of them are actually like on maternity leave right now. So April, our head writer, just took maternity leave. She just had a baby. Michael, who's doing our development work and launching the site and making sure it works right and also chat, uh, creating new chat bot subscription interfaces. So he's helped us with this too. And um, so a lot of people, so you're kind of talking about the Mixergy team as a whole, but all of them are touching Bot Academy in some way, basically. Yeah, yeah. And the, the one other person who's like obsessive about this with me is uh, Caleb, who's been buying ads for us. And he just keeps showing me the numbers about how easy it is to get people to subscribe, but only if you do this one thing first and then get them to subscribe to the chat bot. It's so you're running ads for Bot Academy. The first time we ran real ads at Mixergy that that have worked was for Bot Academy, yeah. Interesting. Actually, that leads into this question that I have here. So obviously, you're a person with a very large audience. People know you. You have a personal brand at this point. And obviously, that's generally thought of as an advantage when you're launching something new. You have a platform that you can launch it to. 
Is it also a challenge, you know, where people know you as the interviewer of entrepreneurs and building this Mixergy community? They don't necessarily know you as a bot expert or even like a marketing expert necessarily. Like, how do you think about that? It's definitely an issue. Like one of the first things that people will say to me is, hey, what are you doing with bots? And then what they want to know is not about this. They want to know about the angel investments I've made around this as opposed to what the idea is. You know, they just want to get an understanding of what I've done. Yeah, it's an issue, but it's definitely an asset. It's definitely an asset. I get my calls responded to faster than if I wasn't at all connected to this. Frankly, a lot of the chat software that I tested before we settled on the ones that we like, I didn't want to try them until I knew the founders. I didn't know who they were. I didn't want to use some random software that was used by nobody. And believe me, this stuff wasn't used by people. I wanted to reach out to them. And so I got to the founder of ChatFuel. I couldn't find his freaking name or his email address. Meanwhile, it's fairly easy to figure. Actually, it's not that easy to figure out. None of my usual techniques would have worked. But I went to Nir Eyal, the author of the book Hooked. He's incredibly respected here in San Francisco because people all like the idea of how do you make your app more socially appealing to people, more psychologically appealing, so they keep coming back to it. And so I went to him and I said, do you know this guy? And he says, yeah, one email from Nir Eyal, and boom, I got an introduction to ChatFuel. I wanted to get to know the founder of ManyChat. I knew somebody who worked with him, one of his advisors, boom, from 500 Startups. I get in the door there, and it really helps me understand what's going on. A lot of these other platforms just know me as the guy from Mixergy. If I use their software, I get an email right away saying, hey, Andrew, using it, do you want a demo? It really helps me understand it. So I can't complain. It's a huge, huge help. So how about when it comes to validating the business idea? Or like, is it worth pursuing? Can you sell it to a wider audience? Do you ever feel like the feedback that you're getting or the, the traction that you're getting early on, is it attributed to the problem or the pain or the goal of, of using a bot or people who know you, they're supporting you, they already trust you? In some ways, I think that that is true. And the way that I test it was there was another product that I was curious about. Do people really want to use uh, this process we call TrueMind just to increase their focus? Do they want to use it or do they just kind of want to hang out with me and get to know what I'm thinking about their businesses? And so I had Olivia and my wife get on calls with people who are interested. So there's no connection to me to see what do they say if there's just someone else. And that helped. I could see that they were just as open, if not more so, with her, someone that they didn't know than they were with me. Here, Caleb Hodges, he's the guy who bought our Facebook ads. He was targeting people who are strangers, cold people, cold traffic, converted pretty well, uh, really well, actually. And then the other thing that we did was I went out to people like John Lee Dumas, to David Seitman Garland, to uh, Andy Drish at the foundation. And I said to them, would your audiences be interested in this? And if they are, can we create a webinar, partner webinar to promote this? And they said yes. And so that helped me reach a bigger audience and see how they reacted. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've been working on in, in my business is just getting those channels running where they're not necessarily in my personal ecosystem and they're just kind of coming in from other places. I'll tell you where we are struggling. This is something that maybe you can help with because I feel like you're the expert in it. One of the things that I want to do is not sit too much between me and the student and the graduate, but sit just enough that we could help. And so when someone wanted a bot, what I would do in the beginning is just say, okay, here's someone who could create a bot for you. We're going to step outside. We're just going to let you guys work it out, figure out the price. And that was completely unhelpful because then the student has to figure out what to ask the client. The student has to go back and forth. And if for some reason the student drops the ball, we've just screwed up for them. We've screwed up for the client. And so that's a problem. Also, we should be clear about what the client is paying for. And I keep thinking about you with productized services. This is essentially a productized service. I want to be able to say to a client, here's what you're getting. You're paying this much money. You're getting this thing. And then if you want any more, there are these add-ons that you pay for. 
and that's it. And then we pass the money on to the student minus whatever commissions we need to keep that going. You know, you mentioned something earlier kind of offhand when you said you plan to talk to the team on a retreat about is Bot Academy an agency where you guys are delivering the finished product for customers directly or is it more of a training plus marketplace where you match people up? That's what we're trying to figure out. I don't think a marketplace is the answer because I've talked to people who've invested in marketplaces where you need a specific result and they don't end up with positive results. Yeah, because you still need guidance on the strategy and even just the time it takes to vet the candidates in a marketplace. There's just inevitably going to be some who are better than others. Yeah, I think I could tell you that if someone's gone through our program, they know how to create a bot. If they're certified, meaning they created a great bot for us and we've put our stamp of approval on them, they're going to create a phenomenal experience for you and your company. What I'm concerned with is everyone has their own little sets of quirks of how they work. Like some people just need tons of questions answered before they start. Others need nothing. Um, still others want all your emails so that they could use those to create, right? So I don't want to give an uncertain experience to the client. Also, sometimes things come up in people's lives. Even agencies, the best agencies drop the ball sometimes. I want us to have a system that avoids that. So I'm trying to think of, I think what we would ideally like to do is say, here are the five things that you should want as a bot client, here are the five things. The first thing you need is setting up a bot. The second thing is you need a welcome, et cetera. This package of five is going to cost you, I don't know, $1,000, and it's going to be created by one of our students. Hit submit, and you get the student to do it, and then we pass it on to the right student for you. Maybe someone internally decides who the right student is for you. And then we check in a couple of weeks later, maybe even one week later to say, are you on track? And we even set a set of deliverables for them. I would even say maybe we even create an Asana project for them so that they get an Asana project or Basecamp project that says, here's what you need to deliver in this time. And we watch it and we get alerts when you don't finish. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that the training program is really, I'm sure it is this way already, where it's not so much how to technically set up a bot. It's more about the strategy of, look, if you want a highly effective bot, it should have this kind of sort of sequence you need to nurture leads to this sort of opportunity and then follow up and all that. Like these are the templates. These are the fill in the blank step by step. And then you can just follow the training and set it up yourself or maybe like upgrade and get a personalized coach to make sure that you implement it for your business, something like that. I would ideally love for it to be a coach, but I don't think a coach is the answer. I could be wrong, but what I think people want is just create it for me. It's like a website. You either want to build the website yourself and figure it out. Like if you're using WordPress, you want to just figure it out and have complete control. Or you don't care. You just say, here's the outcome I want. You build it for me. Let me see it along the way, but you build it for me. That's the stage where I am. I used to love to get into WordPress and mess with it and find the right theme and adjust the theme. I'm not at that place right now with my business. When we got to Bot Academy, I just want to hire someone. I said, Michael, hire someone. I didn't even want to hire them myself. I said, Michael, you go hire someone who's going to install this WordPress site. Here's what I need the site to do. You know, with productized services, that is the a lot of the value. Not only just doing it for you, but preventing you from having to go hire someone. Like the process of finding candidates, figuring out who you need to hire, interviewing them, testing them, giving them the project. So I guess that's what I mean when I say coach is like somebody to match you up with a bot consultant or bot technician or something like that. And then they follow the roadmap that you've laid out and, and all that. And like your system prices it out for them. So to the client, like they don't have to think about like how many billable hours is this going to cost? It's like, okay, I just know it's going to be a thousand dollars done. Right. And I imagine then if you like this thousand dollar project and you like the person, 
I'll step out. Just go and work directly with them. And that's it. And ideally, you would like them and they would just keep working with you on a monthly retainer. And the monthly retainer would include a set of things that they do for you. That's what I'm trying to get to. Any advice for me on that? I mean, you're the guy who created productized services. Yeah, I mean, like anything, like every step of that process can be systematized and dialed in, right? And you can have certain guidelines and people in place, like a, a small team of expert not just students who've gone through the course, there'll be thousands of those, but a small team of like five or 10 bot academy employees who are coaches who can take a client's application and match them up with a suitable graduate who meets their budget, who has experience in that industry, who knows how to implement your system. You know, I, I think that. Yeah. And then it depends on the goals of the business. Like, do you want it to be a one-time sale or a recurring type of service? And like, are you going to hand off the recurring service to someone else or have a piece that is managed on a recurring basis? You know, I think I'd like to pass it on to them and then let them work it out. If you have a good experience with the person, they could just keep working with you on a retainer and that's it. Charge a few hundred bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month, depending on the work. And that's where really it's harder for me to anticipate. Some people have way more intense funnels than others. They should pay more and have more work done. Yeah. Speaking of funnels, I was looking at the homepage for Bot Academy. I mean, really, it's like the single page. You have that plus the blog. What does the funnel look like for it right now? I mean, it, you are kind of, I don't know, I guess like hiding the pricing and the actual offering. It seems like a pretty distinct funnel. You opt in for some free information. How, how does that go right now? Because I don't want to take on more students now than we can handle. I don't want to take on more clients than we can handle. And I also think that the best thing to do is get you to experience the bot. And so what happens is if you go to the site, there's a button where you can actually experience the bot for yourself. You press one button and then you get subscribed to my bot. In fact, my bot will confirm with you because I don't want to be messaging people who don't really want to hear from me. And my bot will say, hey, can I reach out to you here on a regular basis to teach you about bots? And if you say, yes, I teach you something immediately, and then the next day I teach you something else. And at certain points throughout, I introduce you to the free Facebook community where you can talk to us about your bot and get some help from people. And at other points, I'll say, if you, and you'll see the bot will say this, if you want a bot like this, you can hire one of our graduates. And that gives you an opportunity to go in and buy. And I've seen people just click and buy. This question gets back to, I guess, the speed at which you launched into this bot academy thing like you were kind of experimenting with it for mixergy for your business you saw results you see opportunity out there in the market but then to get to the point where you can develop an actual course and certify people who go through this course how did you get to that point where you felt like you had a proven system that you know will drive results if you follow all the steps i took about a year i took about a year and it was a lot of a lot of working with individual students and also, frankly, working with the people who are like with ManyChat. I could see what a student is doing, but I could hear from ManyChat if one of our students is doing better work than others, if one of our students is actually the kind of person that they would want to recommend to their clients, right? So ManyChat's a software that we use is like MailChimp or Infusionsoft for sending out chat. I could see the level of excitement that they had for our graduates. When they want more people like our graduates and they're trying to figure out how they could get me to create more graduates like them, when their competitors are going out of their way to find out how they could get my graduates on their platform, that's an indication that we're doing something right. When our graduates are getting clients and they're building chatbots for them, that's an indication that we're doing something right. Now, do we get some agita from all this? Yes. Tam will get really upset at stupid little typos in messages. I don't get so upset about that because I have a different personality than he does. But I agree. Like, he should care about this stuff. 
I could see how typos are more glaring in a short bot message than they are in like a longer email. Though my feeling is typos are actually part of a natural chat conversation. We shouldn't put it into our chat bots, but I get it. We both have like these points of irritation that we want to get people to create better bots. For me, it's when I see someone write five, 10 sentences in a chat interaction and someone has to read it, their user has to read it all at once, that makes me mental. I get so pissed. Right. And so we're still having students who do that. How about students who get lazy and they finish the projects? They do a great job. And when they're working for some clients, they forget, or actually for clients, they do a better job than for themselves, that they'll create a bot that demonstrates their work. And it'll be like this beautiful, fun GIF with a little bit of text. And then it'll ask you a question. So you press a button to respond to the bot. And then boom, instead of seeing another image, you see a wall of text. And I go, no, you got a little lazy. Go out, go to giphy.com and find a GIF. Or just create a GIF using Photo Booth. We show you how to do that. So yeah, I, I won't say that we're in perfect situation. Frankly, even I look at some of my bots sometimes, some of the content that we've written, I think we could have done better. We could have done this. We could have tracked this better. We could have created a better funnel. So there's definitely room to improve, but I can see that no one's doing it better than us. Right. I wanted to just touch on real quickly, like, can you give us some kind of best practices when it comes to bots? I mean, I know that we could probably spend a whole hour on that, but I mean, they are so new and I've just dabbled with them, but not, not a whole lot. I know that a lot of listeners out there are completely new to the idea of setting up a bot for their business use. So what are just some like across the board best practices when you're just getting started setting up your bot or things not to do either way? Um, what I would do is just decide what's the one thing that my bot is going to teach. Teaching is a great thing to do with your bot because it gives you an opportunity, a reason to keep coming into someone's chat app on a daily or weekly basis, right? So what's the one thing that you're going to cheat? Let's teach. Let's suppose that you're into running, which I freaking am, right? If I had a, a running store that sold sneakers, I would have to say, what am I teaching people? Am I teaching them how to run their first marathon or am I teaching someone who's already run a marathon how to run a personal best, how to be faster in their marathon? I'm gonna decide one of those things that I'm gonna teach them. Next, I would decide, what's the one thing I give people immediately if they subscribe to my bot? And so if it's two new runners, it might be subscribe to my chatbot and you'll get a three-month schedule how to go from no marathon to running a marathon, very much like email. So how would you use the bot to teach that lesson? Like, would you use each message to then link off to a video or a blog post? Or are you actually giving them things to do in the message? I would do it in the message. I don't think that it's helpful to keep sending people to videos and out of chat. They're in chat. They want to experience this short messaging platform the way that it was meant to be experienced. So what I would do is I would give you your schedule day one. Here's a schedule, put it on your refrigerator. This is what you're going to do to go from no marathon to a marathon inside of three months. And then I would tell them, look, Tomorrow, I'm going to give you the one stretch technique that you need that will allow you to run 10% faster in a day. And so the next day, I come in and I say, here's the thing. that Remember yesterday, I promised to teach you the stretch technique, and I teach it to you right now? As soon as they press yes, then I teach it to them. Now, I teach it to them in short sentences. I use GIFs as opposed to video. So if it's a stretch, instead of me describing it or shooting off to a video, a little GIF is enough to show someone leaning up against the wall and you know, angling themselves the way they need to. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get back into a workout routine now and I'm constantly struggling with that. I'm sure this exists somewhere, but I need someone to create a bot that I can subscribe to. Give me the to-do every day and keep me accountable. Like I have to reply to it to say, yeah, I hit the gym today. Like something like that. Now you can do that. And then if somebody doesn't, I mean, I should create it for myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. You could do it. You could then have the bot introduce you to other runners too, if you were interested in that. It's oh yeah. I guess you could like. I guess you could then leverage Facebook and connect 
people that oh wow yeah. And you could even have your bot say, I didn't hear from, uh, I don't think you could say I didn't hear from you in two days, but your bot could say, if you need help, click here and you'll get a coach to personally help you right here in the bot. And so the student can click a button and reach out to someone. Or the bot could say, I want you right now, Brian, to commit to running a mile a day. Press this and for you, it might not be enough that, to do that, but press this to share your commitment with your friends. So you press it and immediately goes to your friends in Facebook Messenger. Now they have an opportunity to subscribe too. There are lots of little things like that. Or if you're using some platforms, you can actually start conversations with other runners. So I could say tomorrow at 7 a.m. Pacific, all of us runners who are running at 7 a.m. Pacific are going to start a chat to talk to each other and say we're running. That's cool. And, you know, talking about like the open rates, which are way, way higher for chat messages than they are for email. I guess that's because it's coming through a chat message that like gives you a notification on your phone. So it's like, hey... Here's something. Yeah, that's the thing. I tried turning off notifications for Facebook Messenger. I tried so hard. Facebook nagged me until I turned them back on and I did. And you know what? I'm kind of glad that I did because frankly, whether I like it or not, my customers are using Facebook Messenger to contact me. My interviewees are using Facebook Messenger to contact me. When I see that people are trying to reach me for business reasons that way, I have to acknowledge it and I need to find a solution for it. And frankly, if it becomes too much for me, I'll turn my personal account into a business account or what do they call it, a personality or something account and let my staff help me with that too. You know, it's interesting because it, it may sound like it's super obtrusive and you don't want to annoy all these people with these notifications, but I guess at the same time, People who subscribe to chatbots for various topics, businesses, and things, you know, they're going to be more selective about who they let into their messenger app, right? And that makes them more loyal, more likely to open and act on the information they're getting. And not only that, I cannot, I physically cannot message a thousand, a hundred, dozens even of people with one message on an automatic way unless they give me permission. Meanwhile, in my email, and I've been posting this from time to time on Facebook, I'll get emails from random salespeople who have stuff to sell me. They lie about their knowledge of my work. Like here's one from CastBox. I don't mean to pick on them, but I happen to post it on there. They send me an email saying, hi, I'm from castbox.fm. We're a free audio platform. I listened to your interviews and I really enjoyed all the episodes. We want to offer you an opportunity to list with us. And in return, here's what we're going to give you and what we're demanding from you to get it. It's kind of weird that they said, here's what we want from you, like in a, in a really demanding way. If you don't respond to these types of emails, and I'm not saying this is what happens with CastBox, but often they're automated. And if you don't respond, they come back with a second email that says, hey, did you hear me or not? I get it. I'm not putting those people down. That's what works. It doesn't work. It literally is not possible in Facebook Messenger for people to send that. Also, look at Expedia. My assistant buys from, I don't know why, but she loves Expedia. So every time I say, hey, Andrea, can you please put me on a flight to wherever? She goes to Expedia and she buys me the tickets to wherever. I then get subscribed to Expedia. I have to unsubscribe every time from them. And they don't just say, congrats, you're unsubscribed. I think they even have a few check boxes that you have to select what you unsubscribe from. And then after that, they say, and again, I posted this on Facebook. Again, they say, we will unsubscribe you in a week. I go, what is this? Is there a human being who has to go type into a system somewhere? Do they have to have one of those old punch cards? What are they using that they can't unsubscribe me? Now, what is it like on Facebook Messenger? Facebook Messenger? Now, unfortunately, they change us all the time. It used to be just one swipe to unsubscribe. Now it's just hold or click on the gear and unsubscribe. And let me just confirm that. Yeah, manage messages. There's a manage at the top of the screen. I click manage messages. And not only can I turn off alerts for it, which is helpful, I could actually report this person. That's a really powerful thing to give a person. Interesting. Real quick, last one. So with Facebook Messenger, is it 
always double opt-in or can it be single opt-in or have those rules been worked out yet or what does that look like? It depends. It seems to change a lot. So for some things, no, like I think they have a receipt template where you can automatically send receipts and people don't need to opt in obviously to get a receipt. They just let you send it out. I could have sworn that for a long time they forced double opt-in. Actually, what they would do is say, you don't have to double opt-in, but if you get the person to interact with your bot and give you permission, then we'll give you more data about them. So for a long time, you were seeing a lot of stupid chatbots out there. They were saying, hi, like a space and then comma. They didn't realize that Facebook didn't insert the person's name because they didn't get full permission. So that's what Facebook used to do. Now they don't do that. They change this around a lot. Here's what I do know. If you do get double opt-in, which is easy. 90% will double opt in. Just get it. You get so much more control. And soon, I'm probably not supposed to say this out loud, but Facebook didn't NDA me or anything to it. Soon, Facebook is going to give you even more data if the user gives, like, presses a button to give you that. And I think you'll include things like location, friends, etc. So Facebook's going to make it easier for bots to be more useful. Wow. I need to go through Bot Academy just to get up to speed on this stuff, because I, I do feel like it's, it is something new that doesn't seem like I don't know, like a flavor of the month kind of thing. It, this does seem like a significant change in behavior of consumers and business owners, especially. So um, yeah, this is really interesting. I think it's exciting that you're doing something new and I'm just looking forward to seeing what else happens with it and, and where you go with it. I'm too. And uh, I agree with you. I think that as much as I would like us not to send more messages to each other, chat is the thing. And frankly, I used to have one of those emails that said, I only send emails three lines or less. Please reply with only three lines or less to me because people flood you with a lot of messages. They can't do that in chat. And I could understand why people would prefer chat and why the world is moving to instant, shorter, and more fun messages. Yeah. Well, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. All right. Hey, did you know that you can get all of these show notes and highlights and links for every new episode sent straight to your inbox by going to productizepodcast.com. Sign up for the email list. Yep, it's all there. And while you're at it, a five-star review on iTunes always helps the show find more listeners just like you and me. Okay, that does it for today. Late. Late.